What's up, guys? Welcome to In the Office with Scott and Wes. I'm Wes Holly, And I'm Scott Barnes. It's great to have you guys back here for episode three. I gotta, I have to say this kind of right off the bat, and this is kind of, I mean, legitimately we thought that six people would listen to this, most of those being our family members. And uh, we looked at like the numbers in episode one, like something north of 150 people had listened to it, which and makes no sense. As of today, it's like 186. Makes no and you sense. know what I found the interesting stat to be was most people are listening to it on Spotify on a desktop computer. Wow. Which makes me think maybe there's more adult listeners than what I thought there were. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, and I get that sort of if you compare this to like the Joe Rogan experience or any of those podcasts who have like millions upon millions of people that listen to it every day, this is this is small potatoes and nothing. But <laughs> it was when I saw the number, you know, reach three digits, I was stunned. Uh, also, a uh, big shout out. We got our first review on, um, on Apple Podcast if you want to uh, check that out, Wes. Um, five-star review from uh, DZM, four zeros and a one. I wonder who that could be. And it says, awesome content. <laughs> Scott was awesome. Wes was just okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually think that's a fair assessment of what's going on here. <laughs> also, my favorite thing, just as I'm looking at the app. Um, so if you go to our, our page on Apple Podcast, it says, you may also like Elevation with Stephen Furtick, the Joel Osteen podcast, and the Bible Project, and Craig Groeschel, some titans of the Christian industry <laughs> that we have been uh, lumped in with on Apple Podcasts, which is uh, amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so I actually have... I have a few bit. I, I last week I had a charge. You know, if you wanted to yeah. message us on Instagram with some of your you're kidding me, right? With your hot takes, people give you hot takes. Um, yeah. So this right. one, should I say the name of who it is, um, or should I leave it anonymous? I, just you can go first name. You can go first name. This is from Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so. I uh, said, hey, Wes and Scott, big fan of the show. Y'all have inspired me to think of some more hot takes in my life. Here are a few that come to mind. Number one, Will Smith in Aladdin is just hitch, but a genie. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess in some sort of way when you think about it. Yeah. The movie kind of, I mean, you haven't seen Aladdin. I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to out of spite. But <laughs> Another hot take, and this one could start a feud. Um, Disney ruined Star Wars. Um, wow, who yeah. who was that from? I, this is the same person. Oh, see, two yeah, hot is, takes. Their third uh, is Friends is overrated. Wow, or I'm just missing something. Wow. Uh, well, let's take the first one. I don't know enough about uh, Star Wars to kind of like have an opinion on it. If if our friend Michael, uh, our Star Wars expert, was here, maybe we'll have him on uh, in a couple weeks, and we'll talk about Star Wars and, and revisit this take. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really know enough, it, you know, I I prefer the original three and haven't really cared for anything that's happened after that. The second one that Friends is overrated, I would I would actually agree with that. Really? Um, from a storyline standpoint, what the show actually was, I think there have been better, you know, sitcoms made. Sure. Um, I think that Seinfeld is better. Uh, and then if you kind of move into just television shows in general, I think The Office is 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 better made and also uh, Parks and Rec. But Friends is obviously a classic for a reason. Uh, I don't put it at the same level as I think uh, this could be a hot take that 
Um, Big Bang Theory is terrible. Ooh. Uh, was not a fan of that show. Tried I, I wasn't either. often to get into it and couldn't and couldn't pull it off. Pulled it up on Netflix a bunch. Tried to watch a few episodes. Just never happened. Um, so that's – but, wow, gosh, Joe coming in hot. Yeah, Joe's coming in hot. With, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny with Friends because I feel like Friends kind of set the standard for what every other kind of sitcom of that nature is. Yeah, I, I would agree. Kind of I would agree. I mean, I think there's a reason why it hung around for, I think, nine seasons. I'm not sure how many seasons Friends was around for. I think, I think it was nine or It was or nine or 11. Nine or like 11? That. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, I, I thought I thought the ending was obviously cheese ball. Uh, with everything kind of working out the way that you want it to. They leave the apartment. They put their keys down. Ross and Rachel end up together in a relationship that never made any sense to me. Um, but whatever. Uh, but that's a pretty good take. And that's not that's – not I've heard that before about Friends, that Friends is overrated. Um, and it, it, Well, the thing about it is it, it kind of just became this immortalized thing. It became you know bigger than what it was. Just yes. The yes. nature of the time, time frame it was in – I mean, it, it was kind of a catch-all show, and yeah, um, it was a quintessential '90s show. Sure, and it it just became so popular, and so big. It is amazing to me, though, that that Friends has such a legacy that, like, on Netflix now, they threaten. This happened, a, you know, a few months ago, or yeah. maybe half a year ago, something like yeah. that, where they threatened to take off the show, yeah. and enough people cared that they Netflix figured out that they were going to lose one percent of their one percent of their viewers wow um so or people would cancel their subscriptions yeah so they decided to keep friends on there for an extra 200 million dollars or yeah. something like that. they were willing to pay that because yeah. them losing those those subscribers yeah was going to be more detrimental yeah that's oh, crazy and i mean it's not surprising and that's one something that netflix has to be careful about as we kind of move into this sort of uh you know new generation of you know netflix was kind of the originator with this sort of streaming content sure. online them and hulu kind of came around about the same time of r.i.p blockbuster these, yeah r.i.p i read something today and this is this is kind of like a well-known fact that the the ceo the the like inventor of netflix went to blockbuster at some point kind of near the beginning and said i will sell this to you for 50 million dollars <coughs> and blockbuster said no and now there's only one Blockbuster store left on planet Earth, and Netflix is, like, worth $130 billion. That's insane. That's what you call a bad business decision. <laughs> um, maybe the worst one of all time. I'm not sure, but that's pretty It's that's pretty, pretty rough. Terrible. No, but, I mean, it seems like everyone, and we kind of mentioned this briefly um, in episode one, but everyone is now coming out with sort of their own standalone streaming service. And, and the big one being... Disney Plus. Disney Plus uh, about to come out. And if you think, oh, Disney Plus, what's that's just going to be a bunch of Disney movies. You don't realize how much of the world Disney owns. They own, it's a lot more it's than what lot. you think it is, too. It's a it lot. is a ton of prop, like intellectual property. Yeah. So, what kind of, let's say that I wanted, which I think this, I can't remember when um, this kind of goes live and you can actually start uh, streaming things on Disney Plus. Uh, but November 12th. November 12th. Wow. That's coming. Uh, but what are some of the things content-wise that sort of if how much does it cost? Number one, if you know this, and and then sort of what do I get uh, with that subscription? So from what I understand right now at this point, um, is that you've got about a, it's a, either five ninety nine or six ninety nine for Disney Plus, and that includes all of the Marvel old movies, you know the classics, wow. uh, everything. Basically, 
what you think Disney is is pretty much that. And then you can add add on uh, for like thirteen ninety nine or something like it's gonna be like twelve ninety nine or something like yeah. that around thirteen dollars. Yeah. Um, to add ESPN Plus. Okay. And Hulu. Oh wow. Which are included. Yeah. So for. So for basically $14 a month, I could have Disney Plus, which includes Marvel, um, Pixar, and yes. some other yes. things. So pretty much any movie you'd ever want to watch. And basically a lot of stuff that's owned by ABC. Yeah. So yeah. So those shows. A lot of shows and movies. And then ESPN Plus, which you know, I mentioned uh, last week that I'm, I subscribe to because the documentaries, the original content is incredible. Um, but also... Uh, I did not know until you just said that that Hulu would be included with this too. So pretty much, Correct. this one thing kind of owns the world at this point, sure. except for maybe yeah. um, NBC content, right. Fox content, and uh, right. Um, Which I don't know how much of that. So the big question is: is like one, what is Netflix going to do, and yeah. two, is it going to stick around? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're definitely going to have to change their um, their model and kind of go. I mean, they already have a bunch of original content, which I get you sort of, that's sort of the thing that they're doing now uh, is making, sure. is creating like a lot of original content maybe to make up for this. But it really all depends on why people have Netflix. To be honest with you, I think at the beginning, I mean, I, I think this is obvious, people went to Netflix to watch things they've already seen, especially TV shows like The Office, Parks and Rec, and, and all those things. If all that goes away, I mean, you talked about how they thought they'd lose 1% of their subscribers. They took off one show and friends. Yeah. Can you, like, imagine if all the Marvel stuff, um, all the ABC things, and then eventually because, uh, you know, how Hulu works. Uh, I know The Office is going off at some point, uh, and Office, Friends, all, all those things go off, and it's pretty much just some some niche shows from, from other networks and then uh, Netflix originals and maybe some movies. Sure. I mean, I, you, their subscriber base would have to go down. Yeah, and it seems like they're going to be stripped of a of a lot of it. Yeah. And I don't know, as if you were a Netflix Netflix executive, like what your thoughts are right now. Yeah. And I'm sure they have to be coming up with a game plan or teaming up with someone. Yeah. I would feel like maybe a good move would be maybe to do HBO, but now that you know, like yeah. Game of Thrones is over, a lot of people are have unsubscribed from yeah HBO. So. Yeah. I don't know what you do if you're Netflix because you're going to be kind of stripped of a lot of your major content. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is sort of American capitalism uh, on display for the world to see, kind of the survival of the fittest concept. Because sure. this Netflix, which was a giant, and still is. I mean, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But you know, they became an original. Then all these other companies, are like, hey, this seems like a pretty good idea, and started. You know, it's a problem with sort of intellectual property things is that Disney owns all this stuff. So they're like, all right, once our contract's in with you, we're just going to take it all back and start our own thing. And everybody's going to flock to this. Yeah. They're going to flock to this thing. Well, Disney Plus now, I mean, it owning ESPN, you're going to yeah. get all of, you know, sports fans. You're, yeah. You know, you've got kids with all the, yeah. obviously all the kids move Disney. Yeah. Um, and then Hulu for regular people watching shows. And to be honest, there's actually a lot of NBC content. Yeah. I don't know Disney ties with NBC if they already are part yeah. of them or what, but there's already a lot that's already on there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they really yeah. are kind of taking over yeah, media if, with this. If if they are if they want to own the world, here's what they should do. I mean if 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 uh Eisner or Iger or whoever the uh the CEO of Disney's listening right now, just take this advice cuz it's brilliant. If you already have Hulu included in this package, let's say you charge 
30 or 35 bucks a month and you include that Hulu Live television up on top of all oh, that stuff. Man. And that's like the one thing you buy for even if you charge 40 or 50 dollars. And that's the one-stop shop for everything you need, you would own everything. It would 100%. be over because that is the one maybe contention uh, with say ESPN Plus is that you don't get if it's an over the air ESPN game that's on cable, you can't stream that on ESPN Plus uh, because yeah. of like uh, contracts and all that. But if you have the Hulu Live, um, then you'll have the ESPNs and all that other you stuff. Have all so the TV all, included. Would, you'd have everything. Yeah. You'd have everything. And I assume they gotta. There's got to be a bundle that's going to include that. Maybe, maybe, and maybe they're looking towards that. This already seems like to to start your own streaming service. I feel like is already a huge move. Yes. And again, for Netflix people, like, I guess the question is, is like, is Stranger Things, yeah, and maybe a few of those other originals, yeah. is it worth it? You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would assume that they would have to. I think they can survive because I think those shows have value. They and do. Have, they're good. The Netflix a, originals oh yeah, they're are great. they're good. They yeah. have a massive following. And so I think if if their business model kind of pairs down to making uh, really good documentaries, which they do that, and they're making really good original content, sure. then having I, – I don't think they'll lose – they'll still have – there's enough movie studios that aren't uh, related to Disney, but they still have some pretty good selection of movies. They're just going to have to stay competitive in some way. Sure. and um, But is that going to be in the form of price? Because you look yeah. at everything – Everything known to man now is subscription based. Even oh, people doing meal prep, like with yeah. Blue Apron, and they, and, you know, and you have food sent to you yeah. via box each week that you pay yeah. monthly for. Yeah, and you know that's the way all these streaming services have been. Wes, this what, shirt I'm wearing right now came from a subscription based clothing company. Shout out Stitch Fix. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I, I mean, that's but that's like. By the way, all of you should come sponsor us. Yeah, Stitch Fix. Yeah. Um, send me send me a DM and I'll uh, send you an invitation. And I'll get 25 percent off my next box. <laughs> um, but that is true. Like everything's subscription based, which is kind of crazy. Sure. In retrospect, but since it's that way, you know, this whole cord cutting idea uh, became really kind of hot in the streets a handful of years ago. Like people uh, getting rid of of your standard cable because it was too expensive, and just having broadband internet, and then buying these kind of um, you know, sort of standalone streaming things, whether that was YouTube TV or Sling or Netflix and all that, and that being their their entertainment, and there for a while you could do that, and financially it would make sense. But now, since it's all becoming sort of fragmented out, and the prices of that streaming content are, are increasing, like I got a thing in the mail from uh, Spectrum a handful of weeks ago that was like telling me, hey, you can have uh, you know this many channels and this internet, and it was cheaper than what I pay now for YouTube TV plus my internet plus uh, all these other things. So it's it's almost becoming to where streaming content's becoming such the thing that the prices aren't really even any better anymore. Sure. Well, and I had, I had wondered with when I heard a long time ago about this Disney Plus thing happening that it was coming out, what what was going to happen? And it was a smart move for them to bundle with like Hulu things yeah. like that because I was like, yeah. well, are you going to have now you're going to have people that love TV and love movies? Are they going to pay for Hulu? Disney Plus, yeah. HBO, yeah. Netflix. Like you've got some people that are serious, you know, they they love TV shows and movies yeah. and and they couldn't end up paying for all that, but it's like, you know, what percentage of people are going to be paying for all yeah. of these things? Like what do you what's going to be cut first? Oh yeah. And I feel like, you know, unless Netflix, unless there's something we don't know about yet, yeah. which I'm sure they're they're figuring something out yeah. because oh, yeah. they're about to lose and a ton of subscribers and a ton of money. Yeah, a ton of money. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to kind of, my assumption is that in five-ish years that Netflix will kind of be sort of uh, just like an original content studio that has some other movies uh, on top of it, and that's what they're going to keep plugging, you know, Stranger Things and um, Mindhunter, which you've been watching, or, or The Family, um, which you've been watching, which is an interesting, interesting... It's a very uh, interesting show. Very interesting show. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because that actually, you know, we're... We're at a church, so it kind of makes sense for us to talk about this. Um, you told me, hey, you got to watch this. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've, I don't want to say I've been busy because that like sounds that's ridiculous. <laughs> when I've had free time, I've just wanted to lay you around did and go do nothing. on. You had yeah, a trip I've, and I've things. I've been a lot. I've been to Houston, you, Dallas, Houston. Then I had a, a retreat. You've got a lot going on. I got a lot it's, going on. Yeah, I got a lot going big, on. Big stuff coming up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's a ton. And uh, But you told me to watch the show, but just sort of, I, and I watched like the first 20 minutes of it, then read some things online. But let's, for, for the audience out there, what is this about? So, and it's kind of a hard thing to explain. But That's in true. short, That's true. if you watch the trailer of this show, it, it was normally on the main page of Netflix, the main show they were promoting for a while. But it's basically this Christian, I, I don't even know if you if you would say Christian organization, kind of uh, pseudo-Christian, but even the people in the, there would say they're not Christian, they're, they're Jesus followers. So it's kind of this yeah. odd thing yeah. uh, that was uh, very instrumental. And their goal was to make, to spread... Uh, I guess Christianity, Jesus, make more Jesus followers out of world leaders because right. they their idea was to um, almost in a pyramid scheme fashion. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Cutco. Um, <laughs> their goal is to kind of That's from the top down. Marketing West. That's totally legal. <laughs> their goal was to work from the top down. Uh, if our world leaders are you know Jesus followers, Christians, that that would spread right to you know the people of the nation and, and yeah. the followers of the nation and so yeah. they've started this uh the prayer breakfast national uh, prayer breakfast national- probably everyone's heard of because it's sure. kind of a big deal yeah every year what's the most interesting that i read is because you would instantly think oh it's a jesus followers trying to infiltrate the government it must be must be like conservatives or republicans but it's not it's like if you look at kind of uh, the National Prayer Breakfast and the people that have been there, it's Republicans and Democrats. I read a quote from Hillary Clinton about uh, the guy that started the organization, about his influence in Washington, and how he's such a spiritual leader for everybody in Congress. But it is this sort of religious Christian-ish organization that calls themselves the family who uh, are like heavily involved with people, especially people for us, uh, in our Congress, and and kind of, and if you talk to Congress members, talk about oh yeah, they you know lead us in prayer and and all this other stuff, but it seems to and but this like this this group this family and and there's they talk about a guy named Doug Coe yeah he's who, kind of the yeah who in particular has very very strong ties with world leaders from all over, but oh, yeah. specifically within our government, yeah. and I mean. They say he's one of the most powerful men you've never seen yeah, in, the, God, in this country, the best, yeah. which is kind of it's like kind of crazy. But yeah. the, I mean, the way he's painted in in the sh- show is, you know, a very kind hearted, driven yeah. guy. And it, it doesn't seem malicious, but it's yeah. there's in the show. And I haven't to, if I'm being honest for the people listening, maybe you've you've watched the whole show. Uh, I have not seen the last episode, so right. I don't know how this this thing ends. Right. But. Um, 
you know, I, I, I do realize they, they've kind of, I'm in the midpoint of the show and right. they've, they've kind of started moving that there may be deeper roots that it may have been conservatively driven, but we're not here to get political and, uh, yeah. and choose any sides on this, yeah. but it is just kind of an odd tie with, with the church and state. Yeah. Which is, you know, the whole, uh, separation church state thing was something that's sort of, you know, paraded around in, in this country is like one of our sort of founding, uh, principles, but it is, it's kind of interesting, I guess, sort of look at this thing. Cause I watched, like I said, I watched 20 minutes and some of the things that I actually found kind of hilarious is they were interviewing this guy. So it's sort of the basic premise. I assume it goes on like this through the whole thing is they're doing real interviews, but then there's like actors kind of re- yeah, reenacting yeah. scenes. Which one of the, dram- <laughs> one of the funniest parts. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the funniest parts in uh, episode one was they're playing basketball and like the guy like makes a three and then they, they cut to a guy doing an interview and he says, you know, Jesus really loves, you know, guys who can hit threes. And I was like, yes, he does. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's legitimately, that's my game. As you know, I hate playing defense. I'm a big zone guy, but I love shooting threes. Scott's a big uh, Statue of Liberty. He stands on the corner with his arm up, yeah, just, waits for the just three give me ball, the ball, and then. I'm not getting rebounds. I'm not I'll boxing say out. I mean, you hit him. I mean, well, you're a pretty good shot. I'm in horrible shape, shot. number one, and so really shooting threes is all I got left in the tank. And, and if <laughs> I, I this is this is, what I'm about to say is embarrassing, but I uh, so a few days ago the water was out on the side of the building where our office are, just no water, so we couldn't use the bathroom. So I had to walk to the other side of campus to use the bathroom, and like I had to go, so I like got up and and, and kind of fast walked with pace over to the other side of the church to use the bathroom. And when I got there, I like looked at my heart rate, and it was like somewhere in like the 130s, which is horribly <laughs> embarrassing. Which means that I'm just in terrible shape. But I can't run if I run up and down the basketball court one time. But at any rate, Jesus loves guys that can make threes. Just remember that. Um, but number two, what I instantly noticed was in kind of like a lot of documentaries that you'll see on Christianity, they make Christians look like the creepiest people on earth. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's very, it's very cult like. Yes. And. and to their point, though, hey, and they say this in the documentary that yeah. they're not like Christians. They didn't even yeah. identify as Christians. Yeah. They said they are Jesus followers, and yes. they they talk about they get give they give them books. these little Bible. I guess you can't even call them a Bible, but yeah. it's the Gospels, and it, yeah. it says it's a little black book, and it says Jesus on the front. Yeah, and it's just the four Gospels. Yeah, it's only Jesus's teachings, and they give these, and basically it's the these all these guys these young guys that they live in a live house together. together. It's yeah. almost like a fraternity type yeah. thing, but they focus m- most of their time on following Jesus. And they basically work almost like internship type things or work under yes. and with all of these powerful yeah. congressmen, you know, Senate leaders and like very, very powerful political yeah. figures. And it just kind of, it is kind of this weird cult like thing yeah. when you, when they talk about their interactions and stuff, yeah. but then they also interview the guys, and it's like, okay, well, they were really were just trying to support each other, but it's this weird it's the, dynamic. It's, yeah, and it's one of those things that you sort of like ask yourself, all right, was it really because the way the actors portray like this is super creepy? creepy. Yeah, and you they're kinda leaning like, into it. Oh, they're leaning into it 100. percent I mean, like there's one scene in, in the first 20 minutes that I watched where there's a guy who um, is not Christian. He has like Jewish heritage, and he's kind of the main person they interview in episode one. And uh, and they're all like sitting around reading the Bible together. Sure. And uh, and one of the guys like says it's just amazing, you know. 
Jesus is always just, he's just going to find us all. And then he looks at the guy, he's like, and he's going to find you too. And I was like, oh man, that seems very ominous. And and the thing about it is that a lot of things they were sort of uh, talking about, I'll say two things. These are these are two kind of hot takes on this thing. Uh, number one, you know, the idea of like God pursuing our hearts is something that I think is beautiful. The way it was portrayed maybe made it seem a bit different. But number two, you know, we have a tendency as as Christians anyway, you know, they gave out that little book that's pretty much just the red the red words in the Bible. Sure. We have a tendency to do that ourselves. And um yeah. and to just sort of focus on on the four gospels and really focus on the New Testament. And um the Bible as a whole, it's important for like for us to remember, this is this is kind of an aside from that show, but the whole book, we believe the whole book is the word of God. All of it. Sure. The old and the New Testament. And I feel like way too often we discount the impact and the power of the Old Testament and what it can uh, do for the teaching and uh, for our lives currently, and also what it, what it tells us about God. You know, this story of salvation for God's people plays out from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Sure. It's not just, oh, Jesus comes on the scene yeah. and, and now God's saving people. God's saving people from the beginning. And it, and in the Bible, Jesus says himself, you know, I, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And oh, we yeah, believe he's talking quote. about great quote the Old us. Testament there. And yeah. it's, you know, when we're talking about the Bible, it, it's a whole narrative from beginning to end yes. of this this big dramatic story. Now, granted, it's, it's a lot of very uh, particular individual. Right. Minute stories, but right. it plays into a bigger into illustration a that yeah. I think, you know, and that is a way we can look at our lives and 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 plug ourselves into this grand story yeah. of it. Yeah, and it can it can be kind of dicey when you just look at the life of it Jesus. It can be because you're missing. I mean, it's sort of um, we were when I was on this retreat, we were talking about uh, Easter. And, and how everybody kind of comes out of the woodworks for Easter, and everybody comes to church on Easter, whether it's because, uh, you know, and, and it's wonderful, and we always want as many people as possible to come to Easter, but I think people, maybe some people feel sort of this cultural, culturally compelled to be at an Easter service, but we have so many people on Easter, and then we don't have, and we have uh, about a quarter, a fifth as much that come on Good Friday. And you can't fully understand or appreciate what Jesus accomplished on Easter without understanding Good Friday. And in, in the same way, it's like you can't fully understand the story of Jesus, who Jesus is, and what Jesus did without fully understanding the implications in the Old Testament. And what came before him. And what came before it. Um, and understanding his lineage of, yes. of before, of like where he came from, yeah. from very... Very humble yeah. and some, yeah, some very nasty stories. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's what one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Matthew chapter one that has the genealogy. We talked about that, and all these people um, that came that are kind of in his lineage are some interesting stories in the Bible. Uh, but I don't know. That was just kind of a, an aside from this documentary. But I encourage like everyone just to go look at it because we're not here to kind of make any takes on it. But it's interesting to watch a show. Uh, that kind of that kind of points towards this intersection between religion and our political system, and then trying to figure out how we actually feel about that. How that affects does does that fit in with with the gospel narrative of that we're supposed to go make disciples of all nations? I mean, that includes obviously political leaders, 
but how does that sort of how do those things go hand in hand? Something I've always struggled with is is the whole separation of of church and state and, and trying to keep religion out of our politics, and it's so hard to do that. Sure, it's so hard to do that because if you if you look at kind of the political spectrum right now, especially uh, maybe in some more uh, conservative wings, you know, Christian teachings are typically kind of the thing that, especially in the South, are the thing that sort of um, that's what any political candidate that wants to get anywhere will, will always kind of talk about their faith and why their faith's important, and that works uh, and with voters because that's an important part for, for voters' lives. It's sure. someone that believes in Jesus and kind of will lead the government in that direction. And how you kind of deal with those two politics and, and faith kind of converging sure. uh, in one thing. Well, because you want to follow people that are— of similar values. hundred percent. So yeah. there's a really fine line, a fine line and it's an often blurred line of, yeah. you know, how we as a country should go about that. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And I think it's, it's, and you kind of like, it's easy for the, for the church to, the church has to kind of walk a fine line uh, with all that stuff along with sort of our politicians, along with us as, as voters and citizens of how we deal with that. But it's just something to think about and, and an interesting thing to watch on, uh, Netflix, uh, get it, get it right now while you can. It could be gone in five years. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I just found that show, yeah. and I told you to watch it just because it may be politically pointed, just against con- conservative. I, and I don't know, I wasn't, I wasn't really focused on that. I just found it to be a very yeah. interesting story in uh, in our country's history, yeah. and like kind of it's, I guess maybe still going on now, and yeah, uh, it, it's just kind of crazy, and it seemed like almost this weird different I don't even different sect of not Christ, maybe not Christianity or maybe it is of, of just these this group of religious people yeah. that um, and the way they worshiped and followed it just seems very different and I thought it was yeah. a very interesting almost case study of what oh, this yeah. thing was and maybe it's maybe they're not who they claim to be maybe yeah. they are trying to maybe it is some type of yeah I think this is a good kind of point to make here is that uh there are tens of thousands not hundreds of thousands of different sort of christian denominations and and they all sort of believe something slightly different from the other from one extreme to another it's important to kind of i mean you can watch a documentary and sort of uh and take that that slant on or whatever but also to just do research on on these organizations and if you're around someone who comes from a different uh, religious background to do research to try to understand because every religion on planet Earth, at least as, as far as I know, they have reasons why they believe what they believe, and and those reasons aren't based on the idea that they want to see the world burn. Sure, they're based on they believe they're doing what God is compelling them to do. Sure, and so it's important, and that can get scary sometimes, but that's important to kind of understand that, and go into it, and just learn. That's kind of one of the main things I've learned in seminary. Is trying to learn kind of what other, uh, we'll say, sects of uh, God followers um, believe in order uh, to properly understand it. And not just to kind of help me in conversations with them, but also, um, like I said, just to help you sort of understand what's going on in the world right. around you. And we talked about this in one of the past few episodes, but just the importance of everyone comes from a perspective yeah. or has a background of, and they're coming from, they're coming from somewhere. And sometimes we need to open our minds and, yeah. and hearts to try and just understand, to see where someone else is coming from. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And, you know, we are, above all else, we are called to, you know, the thing that Jesus says, we're called to make disciples. And uh, in order to make disciples, the one, the coolest part to me about um, about the message and about kind of how Jesus worked is, you know, Jesus really kind of poured into 12 people and, sure. and taught them everything and then kind of sent them out to, to tell the world about it. And and so being like this thing we're called to be a disciple makers means that you have to understand and know other people and uh, you have to love them and, and respect them and, and understand where they're coming from, understand their stories, understand their religious backgrounds and all of that stuff. And then, uh, you know, that's how discipleship has to work. It can't be this thing where we just stand out there and say that you're wrong and this is what you should believe because that's, there's nothing biblical about that. Sure. 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 Um, well, I do we Scott, do you have anything else before we close? I, well, I feel like um I feel like we should do hot takes again. I'm a big fan of that. I, I am too. I just I just don't know if I have it. You don't have a hot take? I don't have a hot take this week, but do you have do you have something? I can probably come up with one. We could talk about um, that. I got a I got a hot take right now is I'm about to uh travel on this particular entity tomorrow. I think Southwest Airlines slightly overrated. Now, really? this is what I mean by that. Let me I want to be careful here because Southwest has a lot of apologists. Let me say this about their airline. From a customer service standpoint and how they operate as a company, I don't think there's an airline on planet Earth that's better. That's okay. That's okay. what I think. Sure. Um, no fees and all that and kind of changing or canceling flights is great. What I don't like, I don't like not knowing what my seat's going to be. I don't okay. like that I have to wake up at 530 in the morning to check into my flight at 530 and get a B40 boarding pass. <laughs> Um, you know, there's things about, there's things about it that I just think are are iffy and they got some old planes that are, some of their planes are old and it's just, it's a great airline, but the way people talk about it when they sort of, it's like the greatest and, and oh my gosh, Southwest is the best. Southwest is, is a school bus in the skies. Sure. And there's nothing. It's the most economical. Oh, in most cases, in most cases, in most cases sure. you get you get sure, a lot sure. of bang for your buck, and it's an incredible experience. And and the way they run their company about putting customers first, I think, is amazing. But I just think, and this isn't even high, they're slightly overrated, slightly. They're okay. not completely overrated, okay. slightly. And you're, I know this, but what what is your airline of choice? Uh, Delta Airlines, Delta dot com. That's where you find the lowest fares. Um, Fly Delta, they're really doing a lot for customer service, uh, <laughs> renovating their fleet, putting new airplanes in the fleet every single day, putting uh, personal uh, entertainment systems on every single airplane, getting rid of the old MD-80s and MD-90s and replacing them with brand new Airbus A220s. Domestic flights anywhere you'd want to go. Go to Birmingham, Atlanta, Atlanta to anywhere you'd like to go, Delta.com. Wow. It's like you work for me. Scott also, <laughs> yeah. keep in mind, he keeps he keeps a little Delta plane uh, on his desk. A I do. model. Plane. I do. He's that was a big my Delta fan. My dream was to fly for Delta one day. Then God called me to this. So yeah, sometimes God calls you to things that takes you away from your dreams. But at some point, you accept that. Wow. And uh, and I and I'll say this just off the top. I've always made comments about how I wish I could have been a pilot. Wish I could have been a pilot. I wouldn't trade what I do for anything. And um, wow, I've never said that out loud before. <laughs> this is a big moment. This is a big existential moment for wow. me down here in the the nonfiction section of the library. <laughs> wow. Um, well, uh, just a reminder, if you want to shoot us your hot takes, we'll read them on air. We've literally at, proven today we'll read them on the if, air. Yeah, if you go at RSM underscore students, if you don't want us to say your name to include that in, yeah. in the message you sorry, send. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe. I, you know, wait, I didn't put your last name, but there's some, 
you know, there are some students, some people with names that, you know, you're not going to find those anywhere else. So yeah. th- no, the audience will probably know who you are. So yeah. if you don't want your name said, let us know. Yeah, but next week we may have a guest. We may have a guest. Uh, we will actually probably for sure have a guest. We're going to for sure have a guest. And, and what we're going to be doing, just to kind of give you a teaser so you'll be ready, is we're going to power rank some things. Yeah. We're it, big into we're power ranking. We're going to do a big power rank. It might get It's going to get heated. testy. It might get heated yeah. or really testy. Scott is already getting riled up. Yeah. Uh, but we're excited about it. We're excited that people are excited about this podcast and yeah. listening. So uh, just if you have any comments, concerns, thoughts, Prayer feelings, requests, donations. hot takes, shoot them all at rsm underscore students. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Yeah, or send us money. Uh, my, Venmo, <laughs> my Venmo is constantly open. Yeah, you can, we'll always take money. So. Yeah. But anyway, this has been In the Office with Scott and Wes. We will see you guys next week. Have a great week.